This week's podcast deals with Evensong being sung at St. Andrews. Three pieces to discuss are William Smith's Praises and Responses, Vaughn Williams' Magnificat in Nuptimittis in C, and Franz Beeple's Ave Maria. We'll start with William Smith. He was born in 1603, but was orphaned by the end of 1604. After spending formative years among relatives, he began attending the Durham School. There's some speculation as to his whereabouts until his marriage in 1625. Soon thereafter, he's mentioned in the Dean and Chapters Act book as filling in as organist. It appears, however, that most of his time was spent as part of the clergy of various churches. His musical output is small, but his praises and responses have become mainstays in the world of Anglican choral music. The setting is simple and focuses on emphasizing the text, much like Anglican chant. The harmonies he uses fit easily into the voice and are intuitive to the singer, especially the singer of English Renaissance music. We at St. Andrews really enjoy this setting. We have sung it numerous times and it has become a part of our repertoire. We look forward to presenting it in future services as well. Rafe Vaughn Williams was born in Down Ampney, the name given to one of his more popular hymn tunes, which accompanies the text Come Down, O Love Divine in the 1940 hymnal. His education in music has an honorable lineage through Perry and Stanford at the Royal School of Church Music. He later became friends with Gustav Holst, a relationship which lasted throughout their lives. Vaughn Williams was never interested in religion. In spite of his father's occupation as a clergyman, in fact, it's fairly well known that Vaughn Williams was a self-proclaimed atheist. Yet, as Byron Adams states, Vaughn Williams had a democratic belief in the validity of all religious traditions and a desire to address spiritual concerns through music. He set biblical texts in numerous ways throughout his career, each time taking great care to match the text and music in a way that brought the symbolism to the foreground. This is clear in his more complex choral literature, but he also wrote in a style of approachable simplicity. Von Williams' Magnificat in Medicine C, nicknamed the Village Service, demonstrates a clear philosophy about music of the church, particularly that for amateur choirs. First, the text should be clearly understood. This is accomplished by giving durational emphasis to important words and by setting the subtext in a rhythm that mimics speech. Most of the syllables are set to quarter and half notes, creating a very steady pace. He continues the simplistic element by setting much of the vocal lines in unison. Not only is the text clear, but the choir sings as a single unit, a body of worshipers. Another technique Vaughn Williams uses to simplify the work is his use of diatonicism throughout both the Magnificat Nunc Dimittis. There are very few instances of chromatic alterations within, only a sharp or flat to serve as an upper or lower neighbor tone. Harmonically, Vaughn Williams uses conservative movement for contrast. The Magnificat revolves around the tonal areas of C, D Dorian, and Dorian is one of the medieval modes that were used before the establishment of diatonic scales. In this case, the scale begins and ends on D, 
but excludes the commonly heard C and F sharp. He also uses E Dorian and A minor. The limited harmonic changes make the work easy to remember and sing. The new Demitis is even simpler, as it only moves between E flat and B flat. The choral lines have no accidentals, and the linear movement is fluid and intuitive, making it very easy for a choir, particularly amateur, to sing in a service. The third piece to discuss is Franz Bevel's Ave Maria. Throughout music history, there are a number of texts that composers have been drawn to set. The Mass, comprised of the Kyrie, Gloria, Credo, Sanctus, and Agnus Dei. Requiem texts, Te Deum, Stabat Mater, and the Evening Canticles of the Magnificat and Dimittis. These have all been considered fairly major works, being set at length with various instrumental accompaniments. There have also been many lesser texts, those that are shorter in scope, that have been set as well. One of the more often used is the Ave Maria, forming a central element of the Roman Catholic tradition, but the text has been sung by people of various denominations and creeds. Franz Bibel was born in Freudenberg, Bavaria in 1906 and died in 2001. Throughout his career, he served as choral director and professor of music. Very little more is written about the man, but his legacy lives on in his Ave Maria. According to Wilbur Skeels, the piece was written for a fireman's chorus that would compete in a community singing competition. It was an unknown piece until Cornell University Glee Club heard the piece while in Munich and brought it back to America. Since then, Bebel's mixed choir arrangement has become one of the most popular and well-known choral works in America. The harmonies of the piece are written in a conservative style that sits well in the ear of both listener and performer. The most dynamic element of the work lies in the breadth of the range of voices. The basses are set low, typically around the A at the bottom of the staff, with the other men's voices staying in a fairly closed position. This means that the other voices are rarely more than a fifth away from one another. The women's voices add a shimmer to the piece, expanding the range so that the choir as a whole covers over three octaves. The number of voices adds a warmth and richness that four-part works often lack. Following an ancient tradition, Bebel sets in alternation the choir against the solo chant line. The shift in texture provides a stark contrast that pricks the ears to a point of anticipation. The work is a favorite of mine, and I am glad that the St. Andrew's Choir is able to present this piece. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will look forward to our future podcasts. Thank you.